Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers. The team is back in New Orleans after a 2010 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Didn't go the way we wanted it to. There were some good moments in that game. Tight end Juwan Johnson got his fourth touchdown reception of the season. That ties a career high for him. Defense, they had six sacks, which is a season high in a game for them. David Onyemata had a game with a sack for the third time in a row. He's had three straight games with sacks. Caden Ellis came in and was very effective. In place of injured linebacker Pete Werner, defensive end Cam Jordan added another player to his list of quarterbacks that he has sacked in the NFL. He has now sacked 45 different quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, two weeks ago, it was Derek Carr who became the 44th. So now he has a total of 113 total tackles. It's an insane amount. He is continuing to chase records here as a member of the Saints. As the week goes on here in New Orleans, we will definitely be keeping track of some of the injuries as left tackle James Hurst left the game with a concussion. It was about midway through the game. It was announced after the half that he would not return due to that concussion. So his status is something we'll keep an eye on as the week continues. Today, we'll hear from head coach Dennis Allen, a couple players, and then they will have Tuesday off to rest and recover before they hit the practice field Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to get ready for the home game here in the Superdome against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are 3-6 and six on the season now after a 27-17 loss to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. They're dealing with a bevy of issues in their own right. They did not have Matthew Stafford, their starting quarterback, in that game. Instead, John Wolford, the backup, had to play. He went 24 of 36 for 212, one touchdown, one interception. Big news, though, coming out of that game was a possible injury to wide receiver Cooper Cup. He came out of the game with what they perceived as an ankle injury. That's what they've said it is. They have said he's going to miss some time. How much time is not known. The extent of that injury has not been said yet. So that is another person to keep tabs on throughout the week, but it does not look like they will have him this upcoming Sunday. To help break down the Saints game in Pittsburgh, we're going to bring in WWL's Brooke Kirchhofer. She is a sports anchor reporter there for them. She was in attendance at the game against the Steelers on Sunday. Going to have her come in and give her perspective of how things went in that game and what's ahead for the Saints. Brooke, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I know you're in the middle of traveling back from Pittsburgh to New Orleans, so I appreciate you taking the time. How how are things going today? Is traveling going smooth so far? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Everything's going good. Smoother than the game we saw yesterday in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Happy to be getting home to New Orleans and out of this 30-degree weather. Yeah, it was very cold there. And the snow flurries, it was unexpected. Yes. It was a little colder than everybody anticipated it to be. I, I know that's not a factor for players or the team out there. I mean, I saw players warming up in shorts and t-shirts, so Mm -hmm. more power to them for being able to do that. Because as soon as I was done with my pregame stuff, I booked it inside. Um, I would not (laughs) want to be out there playing in that. Let's talk about this a little bit. It, 
we knew going in that the injuries what were what they were, especially on the offensive line, having to move some people around to move players up from the practice squad. Josh Andrews coming in to start at center, his first game as a saint this year. Knowing that going into the game, kind of what was your perception of how the line was able to play and how that affected things? Well, it's interesting. The Saints have been in this position before this season where they have had a ton of guys out and on the, uh, you know, out and injured and heading into a game and they end up putting up a fight and have an opportunity to win it and they're not able to close. That's kind of what I saw in the game in Pittsburgh. You go into halftime, tied 10-10, come out and it didn't seem like there just wasn't any, there wasn't any second half adjustments on offense, really. The offensive line, look, I mean, when James Hurst left with a concussion, I think that's when things started to really crumble. Then you have three new starters on the offensive line, really challenging to run the ball, and that was shown in the numbers. They only rushed for 29 rushing yards, obviously not an expectation when you have Alvin Kamara in the backfield, but just a frustrating day for the offense as a whole, especially, too, like I said, when you have an opportunity to close it and get a win and you throw two interceptions and it kind of is out of reach at that point. Yeah. And I know the players, the staff here, they're not going to use injuries as an excuse because everybody is at this level for a reason. They're supposed to step up when they have the opportunity, but it is, it's a valid point to make that you have backups coming in on a short week. And then in the middle of a game, your starting left tackle goes out. It's going to affect things. You mentioned the halftime adjustments. I think it was at halftime when they realized that James Hirsch was not going to be able to come back. So hard to really adjust to all of those factors at halftime. What would you what would you like the team to do with a full week ahead of them to kind of address some of those issues? I think really just come together as a group. And that's kind of what we heard in the locker room and post game, of course, a very frustrated locker room, but guys that were ready to get back to work and try and figure out how to get things corrected. You have your second game this season with 10 penalties. Six of those penalties came from the defensive side of the ball Four of the all four of the Steelers scoring drives. There was a defensive penalty committed, keeping those drives alive really frustrating for a team that has a lot of talent. Even with all of the injuries that they do have, they still have talented guys out there on the field that can win. And I don't know what it is. I think their coaching staff is trying to figure it out as well. But I mean, number one, you have to come together as a locker room and go, look, we've won. We've lost seven games. What do we do now? We're three and seven. Yes, they're two games back from Tampa Bay, but it seems like the Buccaneers are starting to hit their stride. At this point, it's it's for pr- playing for pride and also playing for a first-year head coach in Dennis Allen, who those guys were behind, if you remember, in training camp. It does feel like the players, this team, they really do rally behind Dennis Allen. They always speak very highly of him, and it's been a tough season the way that the injuries have unfolded the way that some of these games have gone, the inability to close it out, the penalties, some of the turnovers – the lack of takeaways, the last lack of forced turnovers. There was almost one though, and it was Caden Ellis that came in. He forced a fumble, although not able mm. to recover it. Caden Ellis stepping in for Pete Werner, who was one of the injured players. I think Caden Ellis had a really good game at linebacker. What would you, you know, say about his play? 
I agree with you, Aaron. I think Caden Ellis was the bright spot of that game. He came mm-hmm. in and proved that he deserves more playing time. I know with Pete Werner, the level he's playing at linebacker when he's healthy, it's hard to keep him off of the field. But Caden Ellis definitely made his presence known. The frustrating thing, though, as a linebacker, and you have to consider this with linebacker play, they gave up 217 yards on the ground to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. They allowed Kenny Pickett to rush for 51 of those yards. And we all know that Kenny Pickett is not a mobile quarterback. I think the most rushing yards he's ran for, I think maybe 10 max (laughs) in one of the their earlier games, but this is not a guy that should be picking up 51 yards on the ground. I think there were two explosive plays where he picked up most of those yards, but just frustrating as a whole for this defense that it seems so inconsistent. They, one, will hold a team to less than 50 rushing yards one week and then come back, and it's they're still trying to figure out the identity, trying to figure out what they do well defensively compared to what we've seen from years past where it was they were always good up front, stopping the run and hardly gave up explosive plays and definitely not this many penalties. Well, especially to a Steelers team that had not had a play of over 20 yards. Uh, They had no explosive plays heading into this game. And then they have, I think at one point it was five, six in the game alone. So the things that the Steelers had not done well this season, they were able to do well in this game. And that was what led to Mm -hmm. the win for them. They did have a longer week. They did have more opportunities to prepare. They did get some players back, especially on the defensive side. So maybe just that, the amount of time that they had to prepare helped them. It's it's definitely a frustrating time, I think, for Saints fans. What are some of the Mm -hmm. positives other than we mentioned Caden Ellis, but what are some of the positives that that you saw in the game yesterday? Things that did work well at times. Yeah, it's hard to draw from, right? Because we just see so much disorganization on the field, but definitely a big positive Will Lutz. Look, he was uh, perfect from field goal range, and he's kind of been that constant, it seems like, for the Saints. I know he had a few games where he had, or a couple games where he had some missed field goals this year, Um, but special teams, we saw Blake Gillikin finally pin them back. I think that was super encouraging for him to get the punting game back going because we know that's been struggling lately. Mm. So look, special teams, give it to them. They were able to do their thing in the game, but when you don't, it just, it's hard to say (laughs) that the offense and defense really did anything that stood out to me that looked good. I mean, there was two, I remember two big plays uh, uh, where Dalton hit, uh, I believe it was Chris Olave for a big drop for a big first down and then Rashid. And it seemed like they could capitalize there and maybe get the game going. But again, that drive stalled. Just super frustrating as a Saints fan, I'm sure, right now watching this team. And again, I just think put it all together. You can't just have special teams come out for the day and do their thing and not see production from the offense and defense. Coming into this game, Dennis Allen talked about that, that not they haven't played well in all three phases in a game. You know, there's been a a phase or two that hasn't provided them the opportunity to win. And I think that was the the case again this past Sunday. Special teams did play well. The defense, they had the highest number of sacks. They had six sacks in this game for a season high for them. And then on the opposite side, Jawan Johnson got in the end zone once again. So he's got four Mm -hmm. um, 
touchdown receptions, which is tying his career high. So there are little things you can hang your hat on, but overall, it just feels like consistently the entire team effort hasn't been there um, enough. Yeah. And and that's, that's what it seems like, right, Aaron? It just Mm -hmm. seems like there's a lot of individuals on the field right now. And that's gotta be frustrating as a head coach that they can't come together and play as a team. I mean, there was plenty of times when it was just seemed disorganized defensively where it's individuals tackling and not a team like flocking to the ball. Like we've typically seen, and I'll give credit to Tyron Matthew after the game, he was very blunt in the locker room and said, look, we're just not a good football team right now. We know the things that we have to clean up. And unfortunately it's fundamentals when it's penalties and missed tackles and things like that. And just not having your eyes set defensively and they know they can get those things corrected. It's just a matter of doing it. And then offensively, I'm not sure the direction the saints go in as far as the quarterback position, Dennis Allen did not make it known how he felt about the quarterback. He was asked twice, I believe in post game last yesterday and didn't make it very clear, but he did say if Andy, if they are not consistent with Andy Dalton, that's when he'll make another quarterback change. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if Jameis Winston is healthy enough to play. Of course, that's going to play a factor, but you're in a point right now where backs against the wall, you have to make some changes heading into next week. Sure. Looking at the big picture, though, I don't know that it's been on Andy Dalton per se. Agreed to the offensive line, some of the dropped, the dropped balls that we've seen, you know, the one game where I would put it on him maybe would be the Cardinals game because of the, the pick sixes in that game. But, you know, the two interceptions that he had yesterday, the first one was kind of a fluke because Jarvis Landry tipped the ball mm-hmm. into a defender's hands. And, and that's just kind of, it's kind of an unfortunate turn of events there. The second one, you know, the, the defender kind of, uh, cut in front of the route and was able to catch that pass or mm-hmm. not, not, not intended pass to him. But um, yeah, so I think, you know, he's kind of been put in a, in a difficult situation too. So I know some people are clamoring for a change at quarterback. I don't know if that's necessarily been the issue overall. I don't, yeah, I agree with you that it's not all Andy Dalton, but the one big glaring thing outside of the two interceptions was the third and one and then fourth and one and not able to get that yard in the Mm -hmm. second half when the saints had an opportunity to at least still be in the game after that things really just started to fall apart on that quarterback sneak that they sniffed out and Andy couldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, but it, it, it's easy. It is easy to point the finger at the quarterback when he's the one directing the offense, but they do. I mean, the injuries, the guys who are out again, it just seems like the lack of coming together as a group is, is kind of having a a hand in this. And even I was looking at our photographer, Adam Nay, his footage from the game. And there's several times where it is just frustration the offense sitting together, Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton trying to figure things out, Alvin Kamara, taught, all of them, it, it just seemed really, really down in, at several times in the Pittsburgh game when I was looking back at the footage. Look, somebody, Alvin Kamara, he spoke up a couple of weeks ago. I don't know who's, who's next to do that, but I think just as a whole, everybody needs to rise to the occasion. And Andy Dalton even said in post-game, look, it's going to take every individual person looking at themselves and deciding to, Hey, let's, let's get back to the winning football. We're used to. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Everyone has said they feel like they have the right people in the locker room, the right people leading the organization. It's they're just some sort of disconnect. And maybe this game will be that turning point for them. Like the Ravens are what they are. Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal quarterback. So you can't necessarily, I don't think you can necessarily say like, all right, well, we, we should have won that game flat out this game. I think they should have won, could have won. And it's now up to them to kind of decide that that's what they're going to do going forward. Cause you look at the Rams and they're, they're dealing with a lot of their own issues. Um, we don't know the status of right. the receiver Cooper cup or quarterback, you know, as they had to mm-hmm. go with their backup quarterback this last game as well. So it could be an opportunity for them to, to get right in a lot of areas and get a win here. And, and it's not out. They're not out of it yet. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. still have a game against the Panthers, the Falcons and the Bucks, and the opportunity is still out there for them to, get into the, the top of the NFC South, although it's going to be a lot harder road for them. Um, but it's kind of about deciding what they're going to do going forward. There's definitely some injuries we're watching. Definitely going to be interesting to hear from DA um, this week on the quarterback right. situation as things kind of unfold, but they do finally have a full week of preparation here and the ability to be home, not having to travel. So hopefully they can write some of the issues going forward. Um, overall outlook, you think for the season, what, what do you think? And do you think that for them, things are still out there? I think it's going to be challenging to win outright, especially as I mentioned earlier, it seems like the Buccaneers are starting to figure things out. I will say I'm looking at this matchup for this week and the saints are actually favored, um, against the Rams. Um, and just, but the Rams also look, they're struggling too. They're sitting at three and six saints are three and seven. They have an opportunity to win this next game. But when you kind of look ahead and then they're at the 49ers, that's going to be tough. They're by week. My goodness. It seems like the Saints just picked the unluckiest schedule this season. They don't have their bye week until so late in the season. They had to travel to London. Mm-hmm. Look, I think they can maybe, win a handful of these games it would be wonderful to say look I think they're going to win out and they can they can it's definitely in their grasp but the injuries and the miscommunication and just the disorganization on the offense and defensive side of the ball it's going to take a lot to get all of that corrected I don't think it gets corrected in a week but I think over several weeks they could maybe get back to just finishing out a season that they're happy with right Mm -hmm. they could be happy at the end of the season if they come together these last few games and um, put together something they're proud of and again like I said for a first year head coach who is hoping to keep his job after this yeah I think that you said it best there something that they're proud of you want to end the season the right way hasn't gone the way that anybody anticipated up until this point, but you can put some stuff on paper, you can on the field, whatever you want to call it, um, that they can be proud of when it's all said and done towards the end of the season. I have to ask you Mm -hmm. because we all saw the social media post from, um, I think it was Alex Restrepo, our social media uh, manager here, the sign that said Steelers fans welcome you what 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 app what was that <laughs> oh that was such a fun surprise um <laughs> so I'm originally 
the, the south of Philadelphia side, raised in Houston, but born south of Philly and all of our family and family friends um, are still Pennsylvania area. And we've big Steelers fans that are family mm. friends that go to the, all the games and Jay and Vancouver. And they knew that I was coming to the Steelers game probably about a few months ago. Uh, we had booked this and knew that it was going to be me coming to the game of our sports team. And they just went to work building this sign, getting it, <laughs> getting it together. And I the field and another reporter said Brooke is that your name <laughs> and, and I just died I turned around I saw it it was such a sweet surprise all the Saints uh PR staff that saw laugh but mm -hmm. super sweet to have family support uh over especially uh that was nice to see in Pennsylvania yeah I mean a lot of us that work in media that have traveled here, moved here to cover the team. And we appreciate you um, and what you do covering the team here in New Orleans. And uh, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, before I go, didn't was a Raised Steelers fan. <laughs> I am a, a fan of a football team in Pennsylvania. It's just not that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we, we can leave that one out there and talk about it another time, baby. Yeah, we'll just leave it out there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Brooke. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.